Welcome to Chinuch 2.0, a show about the massive changes happening to how we do Chinuch, some of which may never be the same again. to come back to Chinuch 2.0 after a summer break. It's hard to get guests during the summer, especially when Machanchem take their well-deserved break during the summer. They are not exactly eager to get on a show and interview, uh, but hopefully we have some good shows coming up. Um, and today's show is no different. Today's show, we interview Mrs. Tamar Nussbaum, who's been teaching for many, many years. She spent over 25 years in the classroom in Lakewood and Farakaway. Tag many different schools, and she's developed a program to teach tefillah to to school children. And tefillah is something that is very hard for many people. I remember uh, going into the into the workforce many years ago. I remember going to an office for mincha, and I noticed that there are many people in the room there, many from people working in the office that weren't coming to the office mincha minyan. And it was during the winter, and it wasn't like they were going elsewhere during that time. There's only a few hours we could daven. And it occurred to me, these people just, it's not that they just weren't davening with a minion, they just weren't davening at all. And it's something that's very hard to connect to. People have a very hard time to personally connect to tefillah. And the way it's taught typically is like it's a system of rules. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, another, it's another mitzvah that you have to do. You have to daven. And these are the rules of davening. You have to daven during this time, and you have to stand and wear a hand and jacket and stand straight and don't talk. And it becomes very legalistic and, and, and very r- rigid. And it's hard for people to emotionally re- relate to tefillah. And Mrs. Nussbaum has created a, cr- a program. It's not a curriculum, but it's a program that can be taught in schools, especially starting in the younger grades, to give children not just the rules of tefillah, but also the, the, the flavor and the essence and the heart of tefillah and what tefillah is all about and how to do it properly and how to connect to Hashem when you're davening, so that tefillah becomes a meaningful experience instead of just another ritual that a Jew has to do. And this is a very important part of Chinuch because as we speak about in the, in the episode, tefillah is not just another mitzvah. It's a way for a Jew to connect to the Rabbi Nishalayim, and it really powers your whole connection to Yiddishkeit. It's not just another mitzvah. It, it, it really gives a person the sense of belonging and connection to their Yiddishkeit, and it gives it also, of course, powers them with your Shemayim and Bitachan and Amuna and everything that's needed for us to carry on our daily lives as a Jew. So, this interview has a lot of helpful. So, there's a lot in this interview that you can take and learn from, and hopefully, take some of the lessons from what you hear in this interview and also look into the program. Try to encourage it, tr- encourage your children's school to get it, so that we can impart the the power of tefillah to our children, which is so important, especially in today's generation. Let's go to our interview with Mrs. Tamar Nosbaum. So we're talking with Mrs. Tamar Nosbaum. She's the founder of the Anit Tefillah Program, which is a program designed to help teach children the importance and the value of tefillah. Thank you very much, Mrs. Nosbaum, for coming on. A pleasure to be here. Thank you. So you've had a, you have a very long career of teaching uh, 
over 25 years in the classroom and then having spent time at the Consortium of Hebrew Day, school, day Schools prepared, uh, you know, where, where you created a Chumash curriculum, very well-known Chumash curriculum. And the last few years, you've been focused on tefillah. So why tefillah? Why is tefillah so important that you felt that, uh, you, that you wanted to dedicate yourself to creating this program? Okay. Well, first of all, I could use it. So uh, that certainly made me think, you know, is there a way for it to feel to become more meaningful for myself? But putting myself aside, um, when I would be speaking with principals and teachers and, and even students, there always um, would seem to be a when I would be speaking to principals and to teachers, they would say the same way that you developed a curriculum for Chumash, can you develop something for tefillah so that's more meaningful and relevant? Our students, initially, they get excited. They have their, they're getting their siddur and they're excited because now I feel big. And now I'm, I'm davening from a siddur like mommy does or like Abba Tati Daddy does. But as far as it, that feeling of excitement and joy when they initially get their siddur lasting into the middle grades, into the upper grades, into high school, when they leave high school, it doesn't last. And they're davening every single day by hook or crook. It doesn't matter what's going on in the school, but everyone is davening. And yet the children are coming away feeling it's monotonous, it's lip service. And we're giving a message over to our children, like, what is Yiddishkeit? You're forcing me, insisting me that I do something every single day. And then my parents are, hello, it's Sunday morning. Did you daven yet? Are you going to go to shul? And the kids don't want to do it. And it's not making sense. Something has to be missing from the way we are giving over tefillah because children are not interested in doing it. Recently, I had I met a doctor. And he told me that his son went through the entire system. He davened every day. He davened three times a day. Today, he is 21 years old. He will not put on tefillin. How is it possible? How could it be that they're doing something every single day and they're so turned off from it that they refuse to put on tefillin? Someone else told me, he tells his son on Shabbos, come, let's go to shul. Not interested. He can't get him to go. And even those that are going to shul or those that are um, davening, it seems to be robotic. It's recitation. There's no connection. Um, and we have to do something about that because we, our children are getting disillusioned with Yiddishkeit in the sense that we're being told to do things that I don't feel any meaning or connection to. So that's really how um, seeing the need and the desire, the demand for something that about that tool should become more relevant and meaningful, that's what spurred me on to start developing and looking into seeing how we could create something for tefillah. It's not easy because <laughs> tefillah, tefillah, you know, when you're talking about Chomesh or Navi or any other subject, you have a text that you're basically working with, a text that is maybe in story form, um, if you're talking about a Kedas Yitzchak, everybody's like, oh, Avraham is holding up the knife and he's about to kill Yitzchak. What's going to happen? And then you engage the children and they want to hear and they're waiting. But when you tell a child you're speaking to God now, they're like, who? <laughs> so it's an emotional type of teaching where we have to somehow wake up the neshama so that they feel 
connection. They feel meaning and relevance. They feel joy in what they're doing. So they're going to want to do it. Um, So question, is this something that's unique to today's generation from what you're seeing? Because you've been, like you said, we've been a teacher for many, many years and you've spanned, you've you've basically taught a lot of today's parents. So my question is, do you see a change over time of people's attitudes towards tefillah? Do you feel that in today's generation, there's a very lack, a very strong lack of connection to tefillah that has to be addressed? So it's an interesting question that you're, you're asking. It's something I never really thought about. Um, I don't really see much change in the way that children are experiencing tefillah from 25 years ago to 15 years ago to today. We're learning tefillah so that we are able, we're, we're focusing in very much so and very, it is important and needed on um, enunciating each word accurately, clearly pointing to the words. We have contests, who's singing the loudest, but is that what tefillah is about? I don't see, where are we teaching the children that when you are davening, you're actually talking and standing before Hashem. How are we giving that over to the children? If I had to write a letter to someone about everything and anything about myself, asking for the most intimate things that I myself want, and it's even hard, it's hard for me to share with anyone. If I don't know who I'm writing that letter to, why would I write it? We have to know to whom we're speaking to so that we have to have some kind of connection when we dive in and, and we concentrate on the translation of the words. And I don't think that was done 25 years ago. Maybe each teacher or Rebbe on their own had their own way of doing it. But as far as having a system that builds from year to year with continuous reinforcement of concepts, which are, are principles in Yiddishkeit, are principles on who is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how he takes care of us. And he's right here and we're standing in front of him and can talk to him always, formally and informally. I haven't yet seen that. Okay, so, so from, from what you said and, and based on, on your answer, it sounds like you feel that a lack of connection to tefillah really stems from a lack of education. And it's not something that's an inherent lack of spirituality or lack of amuna or some other issues that are that, that, that our generation faces, social media, blame the internet. It, this is something that, 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 that's, that's something that could be taught. And that's how you feel strongly, obviously. So that, and, and, and that's what your program's coming to address. It's something that we could awaken. It's really lying dormant in, far, in terms of one, we want that connection, but we don't know how to do it. Um, every person wants to go, every, everyone has this pull that they want to, quote, go home and be home, like a bird wants to always go home and knows how to get home. Every neshama wants to connect to its essence and wants to be closer to Hashem. And we have to teach our children, like you have to teach babies how to talk. We have to show babies how we eat, how to suck on a bottle, even though it may come naturally. We have to make sure it's, they don't drink too quickly, they don't drink too slowly, that they stop in between so that they can take a breath and, it, and absorb the food properly, digest it easily. 
Um, we as the educators have that ability to wake up the neshamos and we have to do it because and the neshamos are just getting lost in Klal Yisrael. And if they don't feel a connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where are we going? Where are we heading? Mm-hmm. So this brings me to my next question. Um, everyone probably experienced this type of story once in their life, once, twice in their life, when you look to the back of the shul and you see a bunch of men talking with each other during davening. And then one of the men notices that their son is also talking with his friend. And he runs over to him and he says, please be quiet. You didn't come to shul to talk. You came to daven. So, of course, the son is learning from his father, not from what his father is saying, but from what his father's doing. And that's what and, and, the, and the modeling that his parents, his father is as a role model is obviously having a huge effect on, on the children. So my question is, is tefillah something that can really be taught in school as something that, that's instructed? Or this is something that's just absorbed from watching people around you and, and being in an environment that values tefillah and appreciates it? So I do think it could be taught. Um, I think that role modeling tefillah is excellent because a person sees people davening with kavano or davening quietly and concentrating and focusing. They could see what it looks like to daven well, but some children will say, that's for him and not for me. Or some people, children will say, well, how do I do that? What am I supposed to do? So in actuality, when I... I spoke to Mechanchim and to Mechanchos, and I, sp- I, I started looking into Sfarim and saying, listen, we need to have more Kavana. What do the Sfarim say? And there were loads and loads of techniques and ideas that were being presented. So if we could take those techniques and quote, simplify them, bring it down to the level so that children can use those techniques according to age level, then they will connect. But we need a system that will help us bring those lofty ideas of how to have kavana, for example, concentrate on niflos, think about niflos habore. How are we going to get our children to do that before davening if they're sitting in school in the classroom? But the, the technique is there. So what could we do? So we could give something to the children like Niflos Habori videos, like bringing in pictures that will show the beauty of creation so that the children will connect. But tefillah is an extremely personal, it's avoda. And some children will find that that swaying back and forth is right. And some children will find that standing in one place is, is better. Some children will like to sing and some, some will find it distracting. Some will close their eyes to concentrate. Some will point. We as the educators also have to understand that because this is an emotional avoda and it's personal, we have to give the space to the children within a structure to do it their way. But we're talking about tefillah which again, some people will find some jokes funny and some people won't. We have to be open to the different types of neshamos and children and personalities that we have, give them their space and give over all different types of techniques that could work for one, may not work for all, could work for one at a later date, 
we have to give them the seeds and the ability to connect and to experience, to feel it in a way that they're going to always want to come back. Because if they stop, think, and feel, which is the theme of this program, when you feel something is good, you eat a good piece of steak, you want another piece. When you feel good, when you dive in and you really feel genuine connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you're going to come back because it's truth. When you, when you experience MS, you always come back to it. So we must bring this in as educators, and we can, but we have to take the techniques and the ideas that are presented in the Torah and say, how do I give that over to my children? We need to add that piece into how we're teaching tefillah today. And then the children, Emirates Hashem, will connect. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice. And uh, that's that's really something to strive for, where, where someone learns to actually enjoy the happening, and that's what you're describing, that, that it's, it becomes an enjoyable experience and something that they, like you said, want to come back to. Absolutely. If, if it is remarkable to hear how children are responding, are writing, are talking, are experiencing tefillah, how teachers are sharing today, how the children have, they're going home, parents are coming home and saying, my child wants to daven on Shabbos and Sunday, and I don't even have to ask him. Now, again, this is an avoda and it's personal, but it's a work in progress. They're children. But if you put the foundation into them, the foundation that Hashem is there and that you could talk to them, then when you when they're going to pray because they're going to do it no matter what in the future at some at, during their lifetime, you pray formally or informally, they'll have the tools. You can't all of a sudden say, well, God cares for me or I trust whatever Hashem is good when there's going to be, God forbid, a tragedy happening in the world. You can't suddenly feel secure with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and know that he's there taking care of you if you don't have it at the get-go, if it's not part of your mahas and your foundation. As Mechanchem and Chanchos, we can do that and we can give the ability to children to literally discover HaKadosh Baruch Hu and connect him through tefillah. It's it's absolutely amazing. I always used to wonder, like, how how is it possible that Avram Avinu discovered Hashem? The the world knew. He knew Hashem was there. The world knew. Now, I don't know if this is how Avram Avinu discovered it, but I could tell you at this point in my life, when I started really learning about the power of tefillah and the connection that we could have, that it's a gift and opportunity, I seriously discovered God on an entirely new level. Wow. It, it, it's, it's amazing. Inner peace, trust, calmness. Not all the time, because it's a work in progress and we're all normal. It's just so crucial that we give our children the tools, the power to stop, think, and feel, and to connect to so that they connect with a genuine heart and with love to Hashem. And this will be a tool that they can turn to for life. Mm-hmm. So let, let me let me take a, a little bit of an angle over here and talk about the way schools commonly teach tefillah, uh, which is it's on the report card. It's like a test. And the children know that the teacher is looking how they're dominating and they know they're going to get a mark on it. And even as they get older, and you know, a lot of times in, in, in yeshivas, the boys know the mashkiach, What's he going to check them on if they came to davening on time? And as adults, everybody 
as measured. Oh, does he come to davening? You know, that's that's really like a a, a, a thermometer of, of, of how from someone is is if they go to shul if they daven. So we know that davening. The Mishnah the Mishnah says that someone who makes his davening as if it's an obligation, his tefillah is not accepted. Davening has to come from the heart. It has to be something that you do voluntary. Has to has to be meaningful. It can't just be like something that you have to like a, like a debt, like an, like like I owe a davening. Do you feel that that approach, the way we're teaching tefillah, is wrong? And 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 do you feel that there's a better way to do it? I'm not big enough to say if it's wrong. I can't say that. I know that certainly from the experience I've had, our mechanchim and mechanchos are outstanding. They are exceptional. They're passionate. They're concerned. They're caring. They're giving. And they're being more than mechanchim and mechanchos. They're being substitute surrogate parents, nurses, psychologists, you name it. They're doing it. Um, could we do something that will enhance the way tefillah is being taught 100%? And the, respond that I'm the response that we're seeing from teachers, from the um, inquiries, and from the involvement on an has is proof and testimony to our teachers wanting to find ways to help their children connect to Hashem. Um, so I, I don't, you know, as far as, like I said, put, I can't say what's wrong. Should we evaluate? Should we think about it a little bit more? Yes. Do we need to give a sense to our children that tefillah is from the heart? It always used to be spontaneous. We have a siddur and there's power and structure in the siddur that we have to follow. But there was also this very big part, which is your heart speaking. And um, we have to put it back into the way our children are learning. We have to make it part of the way they're learning from preparing for tefillah. We're not talking about a song. We're talking about becoming mindful that they are standing before Hashem. The mindset when they enter into tefillah has to be, I'm standing before Hashem. Who is Hashem? That's very personal. But you have to have them think about it. Now, again, you can't just say, okay, think about Hashem. How are we doing it? So you have to think of techniques and through what the Torah tells us and the guidance that we're given through Chazal as far as how to have Kavana look at the ideas, and sometimes they're contradictory ideas. You'll have someone say, you know, you should daven out loud, and someone say, no, you should daven quietly, which also gives us an awareness that you have to give space and be open-minded to the children when they daven. But we need to take those ideas and bring it down to children's level. They'll have that foundation, and then they always go back to it. Because as adults, we always go back to and remember what we've done when we've been younger. That's what sticks with us. And then you could take it with you for life. Okay, so I'm going to ask some quick questions just in general about tefillah, with tefillah and kids, because we, you know, we're all about teaching the kids and kids have a hard time doing anything that we ask them to do, certainly, and davening is no different. Um, so girls and davening, right? For, for girls to daven, they don't go to shul, they don't have to daven with minyan. So what are some things that, that, we, that, we, that we should... And, what are the tips that we could do to help teach girls the importance of davening and carry it with them throughout their lives and even after they leave school? Okay, so first the girls have to realize and understand that they have a power in their tefillah just as much as the men have a power to make their tefillahs powerful. It is not, it is not through a minion. 
when we don't need it. When a woman, we know that there were 10 measurements of sihab conversation that was brought down into the world. Nine, the women took. How, when Rivka met Yitzhak Avinu, what was he doing? Davening. He was davening. Lasuach basada. That lashon of sicha was the type of davening that he was doing. We have to inculcate within our girls, A, that they have that sicha of nine measurement, nine measurements of sicha that they can use to communicate with Hashem. The men don't have that. We have to inspire them to realize Asani Kirtsono, and they're made with understanding and the Bina to know what the Ratzon is Hashem innately by nature. And with that, that will first of all inspire them to use their own kaihos. And more than that is we have to show to them how to prepare for tefillah and then the stop, think, feel method, which really also applies to boys. The difference here, though, is that we're going to just move on to boys for one second. Being that tefillah is emotional and you need to feel, teaching boys tefillah is different because boys always feel, I can't cry in public. There's something I have to, they squelch their, their feelings more more readily. They don't express themselves as much. Tefillah is about speaking, expressing. It's opening the heart. And we have to do that for the boys, but it's more natural for the girls. And we use the techniques that we have for both boys and girls. And we apply that to the girls through the stop, think, feel method of davening throughout the day, not just for the 20, 30 minutes when we're standing with a sitter. Um, that's very, and especially as, as women, that's something that we take with us when we, wherever we are, when we become adults, we have to give over to our families, our children, that sense of dalif made and being able to speak to Hashem at, at all times. I don't know if I'm going off on a tangent or not. Um, if I'm answering your question. No, so, no, so the question is, so this is taught to kids as young as when they're in the younger grades, how do we reinforce it? let's say through the older grades, through high school, through, and then, and then uh, there's something for them to take as they go out in their life and they become mothers and they become busy, they're very busy and, and, and hectic and they're not in a structure, it feels very unstructured because their whole life is unstructured <laughs> and, and it's, it's just something that's it's just practically very challenging. So you're saying, what, so you're saying you want to know when, tell, can you clarify, can you be a little bit clear on the question? Right. So my question is, the, there's, there's, two, there's two sides of teaching tefillah. There's the t- teaching them the importance of the tefillah. And, and then there's also teaching, like you said, the, the, the connection to tefillah. Even if, if someone, even if the children learn how to connect to tefillah in their younger years, but as they get older, especially girls, like I was saying, it, it, it just, it's just life becomes very unstructured. And since they don't have to go to shul, what practical steps could they have to, to, train them to like that, that tefillah becomes something that they don't miss, something that's very integral to their lives. Because I'm, there's many, many women who, because their life is so unstructured, don't end up davening. And we see it all the time. So okay. what, 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 how, do we, how do we reinforce that part of it? So, so if I'm understanding correctly, I hear your question. Um, I'm not a tefillah expert necessarily, you know, because when I also just as a side thing, when I open up Sfarm and I see all these different ideas and I see all the different thoughts on tefillah, I'm like, whoa, I really know nothing. And I, I, I feel very inadequate to answer these type of questions. But I can tell you one thing. 
Hashem says that the women are doing one of the most important jobs in the world, which is to take care of his children, the Neshamos and the future of Klal Yisrael. And he said, you know, even if it comes to doing certain things, mitzvah saseh man grama, don't do it. Rather take care of my children. That's more important. So when we are in this challenging time where we really do want to dive in, but we can't because we have other responsibilities. If Hashem says it's okay, you don't have to be davening at this time. We can put it aside and say, right now, my kids need me. That's where Hashem wants me. You could daven in your own words. A woman is Yotzei Tefila with a bakasha in the morning, say a bakasha. And women in general, we're talking, I don't know about teenagers anymore. It's been a long time. But women in general are davening throughout the day. Every woman who I speak to. And Tefila is formal and informal. So by davening and talking to Hashem from your heart all day long, you are connecting. It just may not at that moment stage be in the way that we did in school. And that's okay, because if Hashem says right now, you don't have to do the mitzvah because you must take care of my kids, we can wait and feel very comfortable saying, no, I'm not davening from a sitter right now. And at the right time, it will come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they say the Chafetz Chaim's wife didn't daven, even though he says in the Mishnah Brewer that women have to daven. <laughs> she just yeah. couldn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a time and place for everything. Sure. Okay. Um, bringing children to shul, is it a good idea? Young children, they could they could run around, they learn to play. They, are they get are they learning the importance of tefillah through, through coming to shul? Okay, that's a question for a rub who runs the shul. But I could tell you like this. Um in general, with my own children, I tried not to bring them to shul if they were going to be disruptive. If they would be able to sit in shul for a bit and to, to sit quietly with respect, just realizing, that, realizing this is a place, a makom with kedusha in it, and sit quietly, like I said, then I would be okay with it, but not if they're disruptive. That's my personal feeling. Um, but... That's really something for a rough to answer in terms of what he finds acceptable in his shul or not. Okay. What about waking up boys for the for davening when they're on vacation or they don't have yeshiva that day or they're not in a structured environment? We we we've heard over the years have heard many conflicting ideas of of you know sometimes if you force them too much when they're younger to go wake up to davening they have this negative taste and then they'll never do it when they're older. What are your thoughts on that? Um, the truth is, is that I hand that over to my husband. I said, your department, the boys know to get up and I do hand it over to him. So it's interesting. Your questions are coming from the idea from a male perspective, someone who goes to shul, someone who has to be in Minion. I'm, I never davened with a Minion and I didn't have to be in shul. So I'm coming from the idea and the concept of understanding what tefillah is and therefore connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and tefillah becomes meaningful. When that happens, you want to go to shul. When that happens, you do get up. But you also, through the teaching, explain that it is hard. It is an avoda. But when you 
do it. You stop, you think, you feel where you're going to remove distractions and you're going to focus in like you concentrate on and you have focus when you throw a ball into a basketball hoop, you block everything out when you're and you feel great when you get that ball into the hoop. When you apply that focus to your tefillah and you say, as I'm davening the words of Barech Aleinu, I will not let my mind wander and think about Refua Shalema for this person who I'm really at, who really needs a Refua Shalema. You are focusing in on the words. You're thinking, I'm standing before Hashem, and this is what I'm supposed to do. Think of these words now. You, you don't let your mind wander off. You feel such power and accomplishment and control of your mind that it keeps you going. So I could do it, but it does take work. It takes focus. It doesn't just happen. I don't know of any mitzvah in the world other than karbanos and tefillah. That's called anavoda. It's work for a reason, but it's worth it. Nothing worthwhile comes without effort. Okay. Um, I guess we spoke a little bit about it before, but just to re, to to re, go, get back a little, get more detail on it. Uh, I, I was by a Levaya once where a grandson of the Nifter got up and he said that when his grandfather was sick, he reached out to his friends to do something as a schus for his grandfather to get better. And he said, whatever, do any small thing, give a little tzedakah, daven. And he got back, he said, I got back so many responses of, of, peop- of, of his friends who, who were not davening regularly. And they said, I'm putting on tefillin today for your grandfather. I went to my parents' house to pick up my tefillin so that I could daven for your grandfather. Things like that, like really shocking. And it, unfortunately, there's a lot of stories like that. It's not, it's not as uncommon as we would like to believe. So question Let's 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 see. What can we do as adults once we're finished school and we're finished uh, learning in a, in a, in a, for, from teachers in a, in a structured environment? What can we do practically to reinforce the importance of tefillah as we go on on our busy lives, our hectic lives and our very mundane lives that we live? For ourselves, you're asking me? Yes. Okay. So the first thing is, and this is all based on what it says, the Shulchan Aruch talks about preparing for tefillah. It doesn't mean that you have to spend an hour like some Hasidim did, and that's certainly noteworthy and praiseworthy, but spend 10 seconds, 15 seconds, just saying Hashem is we have diaries for the children to fill out, to bring them into this mindset. This is what you do. You say, Hashem is. And you think to yourself, Hashem is great. Hashem is scary. Hashem takes care of me. Hashem is the king of the world, whatever it is. Thank you, Hashem, for. And then you say special request or a message to Hashem. If you do this every day before davening for 30 seconds, it will change your davening. It puts you into a mindset and a focus as far as who you're standing before, how you want to connect, why you want to connect. Someone once asked Rav Schwab how one could happen with more kavana because he said it just seems so impossible to concentrate for so long. So Rav Schwab advised him to just start by saying the words, Baruch Atah Hashem. Every time he says it, he should concentrate on its meaning. And he practiced this when Rav Schwab said that if he practices this often enough, his kavana is going to flow over into the rest of his tefillos. So one of my friends actually did this 
And she told me that it didn't happen overnight. But after she kept thinking, Baruch Hashem, Hashem, you are the source of everything. Everything, all brachos come from you. She not only did she was she able to have more kavana in all her tefillos because she felt the connection of everything coming from Hashem, but she was transformed as a person. It's brought down. If you prepare for tefillah, you will have kavana. This is one way to do it. Another thing that could be done, and it's brought down in, in um, Rav Pinkins's Sefer, is to take the words Baruch Ata Hashem and to think of the translation of those words, that Hashem is the source of everything. Baruch and Brecha come from the same Shoresh. It, just like a Brecha is the source of water, Hashem is the source of everything. Every time we say that, those words. Now, you have to know yourself. You could say, you know what, today I'm going to try to, every time when I say Asher Yatzar, I'll think of the translation of Baruch Atah Hashem. Every time I say Brachos before food, when I bench, when I say Shmona Esrei, or for one Bracha, think Baruch Atah Hashem. Hashem, everything comes from you. You are the source of everything. In a, it, it takes time. I guarantee you that in a few months, you will be a different person. If you hear something good, if you hear something bad, if you experience something challenging, you're going to always say, Hashem, you are the source. Everything is coming from you. And your whole ability to focus in on whatever's happening in your life has changed for the better because you know Hashem is there and he's with you. Um, so those are just some of the things that um, could help. It's, this, it's part of the stop, think, feel method. Stop means to remove distractions, focus. Think means think of Dalif Nehmi made and the Beore Milam. And it's not enough to do that. You have to let yourself feel it because otherwise it's just vocabulary words. That's a process and it takes time. But if you prepare like, I, like I'm sharing with you from the Svarim, or if you think of the words Baruch Atah Hashem, that will immediately change your tefillah forever. You'll be transformed and feel connection in Mitz Hashem. Mm-hmm. So. And this is this is what your this is what your program teaches, in, yeah. in, 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 in as children that's what they're 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 taught and they're ingrained with this method. So hopefully it stays with them for life. That's that. Amen. Absolutely, we teach them. We prepare them. We te- give teachers techniques of how to prepare. We give them the stop stop think method and everything and anything that they're doing. We teach them how to remove distractions, how to stay focused. What Dalif Nehmi Atta Omeid means, how to become mindful. We teach the teachers how to give that over to the children through different techniques. Like I said, it could be the diaries, it could be videos um, on the flows habore. We have one-liners where just before you say a tefillah, you just say, the teacher just says the main message in one line, the translation, the main message essence of that tefillah. Um, and then we, we, after we think, we go into the feeling part and we make sure to give time to the children to feel so that they'll always come back to those good feelings and stick with it. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with this? This is something that you observed over time. Like this program, how did you develop it? What's the story behind it? It's called Siat Deshmaya. I opened up Sfarim and I'm seeing that it says if you need, if you want to have Kavana, you have to remove distractions and you have to think Dalif Nehmea told So that inspired me to think of Stop, Think, Feel mm-hmm. um, with Hashem's help. 
And the more the more I'm using it, the more I'm getting into it, the more I'm in, in shock. I'm really in shock. I'm in awe because Hashem just put those ideas in my head and it's it's it seems it's really working. And it's it's developing and it's becoming so much a part of the psyche of the children that are doing this feel program. But there's they go home and they say, wait, let's stop, think, feel and uh, let's stop, think and feel. Or during recess time, what just happened? Let's stop, think and feel. Do I feel that was a good thing that happened? Do I feel it was a bad thing that happened when they're learning? And it's becoming like by default, there's it's part of their you know, the way they're thinking, their mindset. We have a principal, he just said, okay, he always has before any student would be sent to the principal's office, which hopefully doesn't happen that often, or any school that would want to say, they don't want to say such a thing happens. But if it does, he always gives the students like a time of reflection, you know? So he took cards that we have stop thinking field cards. And he said, now, I want you to really think it through and write it down. Stop thinking feel. It is a derech. It's really a way of life that is we're applying to tzfila, so that you could talk to Hashem anytime, anywhere, formally or informally, with relevance, with meaning, with connection. So, and how did you test out this program? How did, did you see the results? Like, how did you um, develop it in a way where where you could actually formalize it in a program that you that you that you're able to distribute to schools and make it a, a essential part of how teachers give over to you? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. It just, I just, Hashem made it happen. I'm like, okay, let's try this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And then the first year we had five schools pilot it. Um, we actually was fascinating. We got great feedback and those students actually parents and teachers and uh, are, are telling us that they see a, definite difference. We have, interestingly enough, there was one school in Florida, the teacher um, sent to me 50, it was basically about 50 uh, papers where her students from two classes, she asked them at the end of the year, what did you learn? So, you know, if you ask a student at the end of the year or at the end when they graduate, what did you learn? So what do you hear? I don't know, right? Uh, some will say nothing, right? <laughs> right? But some will say, we learned Chomesh, we learned Navi, we learned Yahadus, we learned Gemara, we learned Lashon. Do you ever hear them say we learned Tefillah? No. <laughs> and they're doing That's it every a... single day. Right. That's something they have to do. Exactly. It's a chore. Exactly. It's like cleaning, cleaning up your, your, your desk. <laughs> so I will tell you that from these 50 children who wrote down, what did they learn this year? I would say 75% wrote, I need to feel, I need to feel. Wow. It was unreal. Mm-hmm. It was unreal. Children That's are true. writing letters and entries. We had, um, we have all kinds. <laughs> we have from um, more to the left, day, we have day schools, modern Orthodox, and we have Hasidish. We have in the uh, Babif community, there was one fantastic, unbelievable lady who saw the program and she said, I want that for my students. And they're translating it into Yiddish. And Emirates Hashem this year, we have five Yiddish speaking Hasidish schools using the program. Oh, they're taking it. Wow. If, if you would see the way they're answering the stop, think, feel questions, how they're filling in their diary entrance, uh, entries, how they're becoming aware of Hashem in their lives, it, it, I was shocked. I was, it really blew me away. And um, you feel from the all the all the schools that are coming on board, you literally feel an awakening. 
there's like it's 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 everyone's waking up and saying i can connect and we can treasure tefillah for what it is we can feel meaning and relevance we want to do it and um it's a it's it, it's a revolution it's really a revolution and it is changing transforming the way we experience tefillah so it's uh very amazing so it's from our whole conversation, it sounds like you feel that tefillah really is the key to getting everyone, not just children, adults, a, a strong connection to the whole Yiddishkeit. Really, it's not just one, it's just not just another mitzvah. It's much more important than that. It's a way of thinking. Absolutely. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of life. When you think I'm standing before Hashem, if you had a video camera on and you knew somebody was watching you every second of the day. You act, you talk, you walk. Everything you do is different. If we can bring ourselves to some kind of feeling that there's, so to speak, a video camera, I'm standing before Hashem and everything is noted, we just become different people. And we also, it's, we become different people as in terms of like we're more accountable for our actions but we also feel secure and we also feel comfort and we also feel trust and we also feel cared for. We can't just move and we we have to understand that Hashem is our father. We're going to Rosh Hashanah. He's Avinu first. And then he, yes, he is Malkeno. And with that, we connect Hashem in such a way that we become his servants. We become the Evet Hashem that we're supposed to and we're Mekadesh Shame Shemayim by bringing the Shekhinah into the world. It's it's a derech, it's a way of life, and it's part of, it's the mahus, really part of what a Yid is all about. Right. Very good. Thank you very much. Everyone uh, wants to learn more about the program, you can go to anitfila.org and uh, learn how to, how to get the program for your school or for the home even. And I thank you very much, Mr. Nisbam. You did a, a great service to Klai Yisrael and you should continue in this, uh, this great work. Amen. May all atfilos be accepted. A good year to you and all of Klal You've been listening to Chinuch 2.0, a show exploring the changes happening to how we do Chinuch. Chinuch 2.0 is hosted and produced by me, Aaron Parks. You can subscribe to the show on Apple or Google Podcasts or on our website, chinuchshow.com. For suggestions, comments, for guests' ideas, please visit chenochshow.com. Thanks for listening.